listeners. Hello. Oh, welcome back to another piping hot, deliciously fresh, buttery episode of Oathbringer. Oh, I like that descriptor. Thank you. It's because the cover reminded me of butter. (laughs) The hardback is yellow. Welcome back to My Sister Made Me View It, a podcast where one sister forces the other to read and or watch something they haven't before, and I'm making Emily go through the Stormlight Archive. And we are in Oathbringer. We are almost halfway done with the first part of the Stormlight Archive, (laughs) but... Before we get too deep into the book, my name is Megan, and I should probably be doing laundry. My name is Emily, and I should also probably be doing laundry as well. But instead... Instead... We're making a podcast! Oh, dear. We're making a podcast! That was great. You did so high on the high part. I'm so proud of you. you. Thank you for letting me do that. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another Oathbringer reading. This week, we covered chapters four through seven. Chapter four, Oaths. Chapter five, Hearthstone. Chapter six, Four Lifetimes. And chapter seven, A Watcher at the Rim. Emily. Megan. At first impression. Best chapters of the entire series best chapters absolutely everything i wanted everything so should we stop here forever yeah i mean we peak okay listeners thank you so much for (laughs) tuning into our podcast we had a great time it was a good run it was a good run you know two books in a bit (laughs) i'm proud of us okay well, then I'm going to get back to doing my laundry. And <laughs> <laughs> Emily, what did you like about these chapters? I liked that people got to see how cool Kaladin was. I loved that Kaladin got to get a little bit of revenge, that he got a little revenge as a treat. For his friend. No, Boy. for himself. And uh, <laughs> I he literally was- said. He was thinking about Moash as he was rolling into town. I was so mad about that. That's for my (laughs) best friend, Moash. (laughs) Uh, But here's a brief overview. Kaladin gets to see his family again. Okay, you know what? You know what videos online are guaranteed to make me cry every single time? Is it soldiers surprising their dogs? Yes! <laughs> I was actually surprised you didn't cry when we met Oridin. I was just like, it was just joy. It was just, anyways, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I, I love everything about this. Uh, well, first, let's talk about the wedding. Okay. The a wedding of the wedding. season, nay, of the century, a royal wedding. Just a season, just a season for well, guess, secret Listen, weddings. we should start at the be- we should start at the beginning of the reading. <laughs> Emily, can you give me the epigraph to chapter 4 Oaths? Yes, I know that many women who read this will see it only as further proof that I am the godless heretic everyone claims. From Oathbringer now, preface. Uh Emily, as you read this, you said, Megan, who wrote Oathbringer? And I said, Brandon Sanderson. And, I and then you wish said, ha, ha, ha. I could have reached through the screen and smacked your face. 
Emily, who wrote Oathbringer, do you think? I think it's going to be Yasna. I think this is, like, you know, we read Navani's journals in one of the parts. Uh-huh. I think that Yasna, this is like her scholarly journal, her scholarly collection. Yeah, yeah. Then why does she title it Oathbringer? Because, because she's, she makes it possible for other people to take oaths. Why would Yasna Yama Yayud Yasna Yama Yug? <laughs> Why would Yasna name a book after Dalinar's sword? Oh, that's right. Is this the one that Adolin killed Sadius with? This is the one Dalinar gave up to save all the bridgemen. Oh, yeah. Sadius had it in the last book, and then Adolin like stashed it in a planter. That's right. That's right. And they haven't. Wait, did they find it? Uh. Not so far in this book. Okay, sorry. It has been a minute since we've been able to get together and podcast about this. And so my, actually, I was like, oh, Megan, I'm so excited. We get to start Oathbringer. And she's like, you idiot. We have already started Oathbringer. <laughs> We're three yeah, episodes hey, into Oathbringer. Do you remember who was the point of view character in the prologue? Elokar? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> it was Ash and I. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Here's the thing, you guys. We got really ahead. We've got, like, easily six months of episodes (laughs) of Words of Radiance and now Oathbringer. And we keep running out of Roswell. So we keep having to record more Roswell. (laughs) Also, I'm going to pre-apologize because my parents' flight got in super late last night. And I actually didn't get home until after 2 a.m. And I am because I had to get up at 6.30 to go to work. Do you know what I did yesterday? I went to Disneyland. (laughs) But Emily, why did I go to Disneyland? What did I have to do yesterday? She had to beat the high score on Spider-Man. Although I did do that. She had to walk 10 miles. Uh, So I'm six months out from the Dopey Challenge. And while... I'm not good at running my distance runs yet. I'm now walking the distances I need to at least go each weekend, which, you know, isn't where I want to be in training, but what better place to just walk around and enjoy myself than Disneyland? I'm wondering, from one end of California Adventureland to the (laughs) other end of Disneyland, like the furthest possible route you could take, I wonder how long that is and like how many times you'd have to walk back and forth to like hit a marathon. You know, ooh, a marathon? Uh A lot. A lot. Because it's, it's, okay, I'm going to say the farthest point from the entrance in Disneyland is probably the Hungry Bear restaurant. Okay. Um, and then the farthest point in California Adventure is the back corner of the Pixar Pier. When I do my walking there this Saturday, I will measure that and I will tell you. Okay. Thank you. Can um, I come and hang out with you at Disneyland? Yeah, and I won't make you walk 15 miles. Okay, thank I you. I won't even do that. You won't even but do anyway, it. But anyway, 
I walked my 10 miles, mm-hmm. and then I got in the single line for the Spider-Man Web Slingers ride, which is where you move your hands to fire webs. It's it's like a little video game that you ride through. And if you go on single rider, you basically can get, like, straight on the ride, and you can go on the ride as many times as you want, because normally the wait's an hour. That's for losers and people who want to sit next to the ones that they love. <laughs> I'm not burdened by that. <laughs> I went on the ride 12 times in an hour yesterday. Wow. And my step counter said that I walked two miles (laughs) in that hour (laughs) because of me moving my hands so fast. But I finally broke 300. I got 366,000 points. Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. And now you're my as goal cool as 400,000 points. You're cool as Kaladin just waltzing in and being this amazing person and not even like just showing up and just everyone knows like, oh, this is the real deal. <laughs> um, what's very embarrassing is now the cast members at Web Slingers are starting to recognize me. This is the <laughs> second week I've done this. And one lady in particular pointed at me and was like, yeah. And I'm like, yep, I'm back. <laughs> and listen, I'm here to complain about the state of Web Slinger tips on the internet. Okay. I finally wised up and Googled Web Slinger tips Reddit because Reddit used to be the only place you can get good information. But... 75% of Reddit's on strike right now, so I don't know if that'll still exist by the time this episode comes out. But anyway, usually if you Google, how do I get a high score in web slingers, the tips are, hit the spiders that are different colors. Buy the gadget that lets you up your score. And I'm like, <laughs> no. And then I found one long Reddit post about it, and this dude was like, keep your elbows in. If you're sitting at this chair, your best visibility is this zone of the screen. Uh, these are the things in each uh, area that you should be looking to hit. And I went from doing consistently between 210 to 215, and I read his list of tips, and that's when I got my 366. Nice. Thank you for your list of tips, man. I don't remember your name. Strange man. Nameless hero on Reddit. (laughs) But Emily, now, if we go together, I'll have tips for you so our whole car can get a high score. I'd be willing to do that. I will say, though, he did say that the the thing that gave you the most points was something I had already figured out on my own. So what was that? Um, In the final screen where you're fighting spiders on the Quinjet, there are these huge lasers lining the sides of the hangar. If you turn on the hangar, each laser takes out uh, between 150 to 300 bots. How do you... Oh, is it just like you have to flick and hit the on switch? Yeah, you have to hit... You have to hit a button with your web. Okay. And turn the laser on. Which you're good enough to do. I am now. Keep my elbows in. There you go. All right. Back to this story instead. Back to a wedding. Emily. Megan. Last thing I'll say is Yasna wrote Gavilar's official biography. Okay. So I feel like she could write her own official autobiography. Of, yes. <laughs> But I'm also suggesting she's writing a book about Dalinar. Dalinar? Because it's named after his sword. She's family. She it's 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 like it's like the five what is it? The Kevin Bacon levels. Everyone's like five or six degrees of separation. Yes, thank you. 
Maybe. Anyway, okay. two days after Sadius was found dead, the Everstorm came again. Yeah, so Hirathiru is not, like, so high up removed that they can't tell what's going on. Just the the Everstorm doesn't quite make it all the way up to where they're staying. Yeah, like, they can look down at the storms from how high they are. Yeah, but here's the thing, like, like it's cold, you know, it's a stormy, wet, rainy day. But uh, it says there was something else, an inner chill. And so Dalinar's like, Stormfather, is this you doing this? Like, I, I don't really care for this, this feeling of dread. This thing is not natural, the Stormfather said. It is unknown. And Dalinar asks, it didn't come before during the earlier desolations? And then the Stormfather says, no, it is new. Which I love that idea of, hey, here is the bad thing that we knew was coming and we know how it works, but add something else to ratchet up the tension to be like, ooh, we don't know what's going to happen. Yes. Um, and as he's watching the storm, Dalinar starts to get hyper-specific impressions. Almost like going into a vision, but not quite. But Dalinar starts to see things. He sees cities blasted with lightning, towns burst into shadow, fields swept barren, and vast seas of glowing red eyes coming awake like spheres suddenly renewed with stormlight. And he's like, Stormfather, was that real? And what does Stormfather say about that? He says, yes, the enemy rides this storm. He's aware of you, Dalinar. What? Oh, dear. Not good. Not good at oh. all. Do you remember the name of the enemy? Oh. Odium. Odium. Yep. Thank that's you. him. Thank you. And Tanavast is honor. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Tanavast was honor. Was honor. He okay. He died. He died. <laughs> So he's, Dalinar is very, you know, troubled by all of this. But um, there's something that lifts his spirits. Navani's here to give him comforts of the flesh. <laughs> and Dalinar's like, no. <laughs> and she's like, come on, let me seduce you. <laughs> uh, but he says that control is important to him. And he says, you know what I became when I was a man with no control. I will not surrender now. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, hey, is this how it's always going to be? Just teasing. He's like, no, but I want to do it the right way. Emily, why are they having a hard time doing it the right they way? They are having a hard time because no one will marry them. No one. No like, will marry them. And Arden, like, almost fainted at the idea of marrying them. And, the again, the the reasoning behind this is with Alethi traditions, um, it is, it's viewed as that Dalinar and Navani are siblings. That's just how, that's how, because she is his brother's widow. And it's just like, oh, she's part of the family. He's part of her family. And so it feels very sacrilegious to be doing this. And I'm just like, just go somewhere else. Have somebody else marry you. But I think that might be weird if you are like the ruler of a country and you go to a different country to get around the rules of your country to get married. Like, I get why they're not doing this. And Dalinar starts to talk about his regrets in his last marriage. He's like, I think I started out completely wrong. Now, Emily, we find out why he married his wife. Why was that? It was because of her shard plate. Like it was a, 
I don't know if it was a, I mean, it seems like a political alliance. It wasn't a love match. It, it wasn't, he loved her like he loved Navani or close enough to how he loved Navani. And so specifically, he married her for her shards, for her family shards. Mm-hmm. Do you know who has those shards now? Adolin. Adolin. I love it. Um, because Shallan wouldn't draw them. She passed up the opportunity to draw Adolin because he's like, no, your mom took care of that. Like, we have tons of pictures. I'm going to go draw other people. Okay, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Did Dalinar love his wife when he could remember her? I want to say yes because of some context clues we get. Uh, the further along we get into this chapter is he's telling Navani some of the things he remembers like he okay wait 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 he straight up tells navani he does not remember her he like explains no like i can't hear her name when you say it anything anytime i see a portrait of her her face is blurred out when people talk about the events that led up to this whatever happened that i can't quite remember um like he can't quite follow the conversation. And as we were talking and just the more we got into this and we'll go into this more in detail. I'm just kind of giving you guys the overarching idea. You guys know us. You know how we do this. (laughs) Um, I am wondering because it seemed like he went and did something terrible in order to avenge her. Say I did something bad. (laughs) Because I killed somebody. Uh, I'm wondering if he went to the Night Watcher specifically to have his memories taken and that that was his boon and not his curse. It just will have to read. Mm -hmm. But I discover that later. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to be I'm going to be really, really honest. Way of Kings. Wonderful. Amazing. Freaking love that book. Words of Radiance. Was good still, but it didn't have for me the same emotional, like, upheaval, you know, like, mm-hmm. how... Especially at the end. Especially at the end, yeah. Like, it was very satisfying, but for an for me, on an emotional level, Way of Kings, the getting stuck on the plateau and Kaladin coming and saving everybody is just like, you know, out of a 10, it was like a 47. Yeah. And... So far, Oathbringer seems to be more along the lines of The Way of Kings. It's very emotionally satisfying. It's very emotionally like, yes, they did it. Yes, he got to punch him in the face. Yes, like they get to see his family again. Like it's a lot of, and mm-hmm. I think I think the reason it's so good in this book, in, in Oathbringer, is because Brandon took the time to set it up throughout those two books. Like we're getting the payoffs. This isn't so much of a setup. We're getting a lot of payoffs. And at the beginning of the book, that's really odd. You usually have to wait to the end to get the big emotional payoffs. But I love it yeah. so far. And and Emily, I think you and I have kind of talked about this a little bit before. But I am super certain that Oathbringer is going to be your favorite of the books. I'm so excited Just because of, like, it. the stuff that you like to read mm-hmm. and that you like to have. Yeah. Um, Oathbringer's got it in spades. Um, we mentioned, okay, Dalinar mentions a little bit of the politics stuff that he's struggling with before we get into this conversation with Navani, mm-hmm. that he has sent span read messages to all of the other royalty and they aren't responding to him. Yeah, yeah. 
So, Emily, how are we going to get all these people on our side? Oh, that's interesting. Well, that's right. Because he's just like, they have to believe us eventually. But so far, no one really does. Uh, because, like... No time to worry about that. Wait, wait. There is time to worry about that. Because I just want to, I just want to, again, uh, strengthen my thesis about how much Dalinar loved his wife or... I Okay, listen. I'm also going to do... Sha, 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 sha. Yeah. Either he loved her very, 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 very much, or it was more of a, you hurt my wife, honor dictates that I do this, even though I may not have, like, a lot of feelings for this woman, that sort of thing. And so I want to, I also want to talk about, because we're going to get into some more Dalinar Navani, I want to get into the idea that maybe Dalinar's a little nervous for this relationship. I mean, we've seen his reluctance from the very beginning, from Way of Kings, when Navani first shows up and he doesn't even want to, like, be on the same island f- feast table as her. I mean, just uh, tries to avoid her at all costs and everything. And, and you know, over time, we're seeing that, that mm-hmm. change. Um, but I because, wonder... Oh, can I finish because, my thought? No, can I oh. finish my thought? Yeah, talk. <laughs> uh, I wonder if he's nervous is because he doesn't ever remember having a relationship and maybe he's worried that he's going to mess it up because he doesn't remember courting his wife. He doesn't remember growing their relationship or strengthening their relationship. And so he's going into this blind with a woman that he loves. And, and I wonder if he's nervous that he will mess it up. Um, I was I was referencing to book one when he wouldn't talk to Navani or like be near her or anything. And like he mentions here, it's because he likes to be in control mm-hmm. of his own feelings and his own emotions. And Navani makes him lose control. Because mm-hmm. she is draping herself all over the sofa. With no she safe is letting, on. She's, yeah, her safe hand is exposed. She's letting her nightgown just fall open where it may (laughs) and i'm just imagining her like artfully and scientifically being like this is a calculated pose to be as alluring as possible and dalinar's like not till we get married and she's like what's your plan for that emily what is his plan for that he has the storm father marry them what i didn't see that coming one bit it was oh my it was wonderful because I was, okay, Ugh, there's so much going on in this, in this just one scene. Brandon, you do amazing. I love this so much. Thank you for writing this. I'm just so excited to get into it um, because they need some sort of witness, you know, official witness for this, I'm assuming for a wedding. And if all the ardents refuse to come, like I was worried that they were going to do some, I was worried they were going to pull some sort of Hans, uh, at least we said our vows before she died like and just like we just say them by ourselves and we're just gonna tell everyone it happened and you know just act go on and act like we're married but no they've invited people who show up and it is this event event with a capital e the whole thing is capitalized all the letters are capitalized for the event because the storm father comes in like all of his glory like filling up the sky yes megan oh i just wanted to step back and talk about the general splendor Mm -hmm. they hold this uh at the roof of Mm urethiru 
Um, and here near the very top of the tower, because the cake layers get smaller and smaller as they get higher. <laughs> is that what a pastry there does? There is a huge window, just like hundreds of feet tall. And you can look out and see the sky through it. It's just so beautiful. I, I want to see it. I want to go to there. <laughs> and everyone is dressed in their finest. What is Dalinar? In uniform? Dal- no, I don't know. Here we go. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Dalinar is in uniform. I'm just going to say that. And then, yeah, Navani is like, she has a full traditional bridal crown. Uh intricate headdress of jade and turquoise and her wedding gown is red for luck embroidered with gold mm-hmm. and emily where did she find this on such short notice uh she says a lady must be prepared i am fully convinced she brought it with her from the city of colinar across the shattered plains like this yeah. was her end goal from the beginning good for her I'm real quick checking if Marie has drawn Navani's wedding. Okay. I don't see it. So I'm going to widen my search to anyone and see if anyone has drawn this wedding. (laughs) What is Delinar wearing? (laughs) Practically nothing. (laughs) That's not what he would do. Okay. Here is a beautiful one by Arthur Mosca. That was actually, I want to say it was commissioned by Brotherwise Games. Ooh. I'm going to send it to you on Gchat. Okay. You know what this means? What? I have to draw it. <laughs> <laughs> so with all of this splendor and glory going on and like the this beautiful setting and like it's going to be this very happy occasion, Dalinar meets Elokar's eyes across a crowded room and was like, this is going to complicate things, isn't it? And like he can see in Elokar's eyes that Elokar is thinking the exact same thing. Because apparently the assassination attempt really wiped out. Where he out. got stabbed? I, yes. Can I, can I tell my story? Sorry, you just, you said assassination attempt with air quotes? Like Graves didn't take a knife. Sorry, it wasn't Graves. It was one of the other guards. Like one of the guards didn't take a knife and fully stab Elokar with it. Kaladin was there. He was fine. He still got stabbed. He did lightly stabbed. There was an attempted assassination. And he got injured. I'm not trying. Megan. Convo. Assassination. (laughs) He stabbed that boy. (laughs) What I'm saying is, because he lost so much blood and has been recuperating for so long, which... Megan, are we going to get the behind the scenes of what he did hanging out at the Lopin's house? He apparently ate food. Uh, I'm going to be so mad if we missed if we missed the, the hen pecking that I know was coming. Uh, while Elokar... So, like, some time has passed, obviously. But while Elokar was recuperating, it is... The audience finds out that Dalinar obviously stepped up, but kind of, like took over everything and made a lot of decisions without Elokar's okay, which Delinar, you've been warned about this, sir, several times. Several times. That mm-hmm. you need to back off and let Elokar be a king, or at least let it look like Elokar's the king, because everyone, I think, is still convinced that 
there's been a secret coup and Dalinar has put himself on the throne. Like that's what it looks like for all intents and purposes. And this whole wedding that is blessed by a piece of honor isn't helping disperse any of those like rumors. Yep. Yeah, but they have a beautiful wedding. The Stormfather shows up. What a beautiful wedding! <laughs> and they basically just pledge themselves to each other. Like, there's not a lot of fancy words, a lot of fanciful, you know, phrasing. It's just. I would like to read the wedding ceremony. It's pretty short. Okay, go for it. Do you want to? Do you want to be anyone in the scene? Oh, you can do it. You can do it. Okay. Oh, the Stormfather rumbled are the soul of righteousness. If you are to survive the coming tempest, oaths must guide you. I am comfortable with oaths, Stormfather, Dalinar called up to him, as you know. Yes, the first in millennia to bind me. Um, we should also mention, people were screaming when the Stormfather showed up. Yeah. I don't think we mentioned that. The people <laughs> were like, ah! <laughs> All right. Uh, somehow Dalinar felt the Spren's attention shifting to Navani. And you, do oaths hold meaning to you? The right oaths, Navani said. And your oath to this man? I swear it to him, and I swear it to you. And any who care to listen, Dalinar Colin is mine, and I am his. You have broken oaths before. All people have, Navani said, unbound. We're frail and foolish. This one I will not break. I vow it. The Stormfather seemed content with this, though it was far from a traditional Alethi wedding oath. Bondsmith, he asked. I swear it likewise, Dalinar said, holding to her. Navani Colin is mine. And I am hers. I love her. So be it. Dalinar had anticipated thunder, lightning, some kind of celestial trump of victory. Instead, the timelessness vanished. The breeze passed. The Stormfather vanished. All through the gathered guests, smoky blue offspring rings burst out above heads. But not Navani's. Instead, she was ringed by glory spread she did it <laughs> shallan mentions last book that offspring are very rare they're very rare and we see them multiple times in this reading yeah because the coolest stuff happens in this part the coolest stuff happens oh and adolin this wedding's so good adolin draw this wedding do it coward okay adolin got me can I finish, please? Sure. Adolin being Adolin I just let out sure. a whoop. <laughs> he ran over trailing Joy Spren in the shape of blue leaves that hurried to keep up with him. Like, they're so excited. It's his dad that's got married. And Renarin is there a little more, like, you know, sedate, a little more Chill. stately. But he's also, like, grinning, you know. And so... Everyone is super happy and super excited and everything's great except his friend, the Ardent, Kadesh or Kadesh. Um, mm -hmm. He basically comes over and is like, I don't think this is going to go over well. Like, you need to be prepared 
friend. And then, yeah. then you know, the Ardentia will not be pleased. And Delinor says, surely they cannot deny my marriage if the storm father himself blessed the union. And Kadesh is like, that's kind of stretching it, don't you think? It's it's the it's the spren. You expect us to accept the authority of a spren? And he's like, well, he's a remnant of the Almighty. And Kadesh is like, Delinor! <laughs> so, Emily... As we are joyfully celebrating everything that happens at the beginning of this book, I feel it is responsible to tell you there are some themes and some through lines being presented to you through these chapters, especially in today's reading. What's a through line? Through through line? It's It's a line you track that goes through a project. Okay. A plot? It's a... Yeah, sorry. That's that's more of a we okay. We use that at work to be like, hey, make sure you're tracking this character's reaction as a through line. Oh, got it. To the episode. Got it. Okay, that yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah, I love I love through lines. <laughs> I love being like, hey, make sure in this scene that this character looks down disappointed at the floor when this person walks by it's a through line we're keeping track of it does that happen in one of the in one of the episodes you're directing maybe it's happening right now Ah! maybe it's hey make sure we get a lot of shots of this character being isolated because they feel isolated (laughs) (laughs) listen i signed an nda no spoilers (laughs) no spoilers um, so here, I love that we're getting a little bit more of Dalinar's life before this, because a lot of Way of Kings Words of Radiance has been, we see Dalinar as this very honorable man, and we know that he's worked hard to become such, but we haven't really seen him before this. We haven't seen him, uh, we haven't seen the why he decided to become honorable. And Kadesh, well, Dalinar is reminded that uh, Kadesh there's, yeah, he has a flashback to, like, kind of like a mini flashback to a memory he has with Kadesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, he remembered Kadesh, bloodied, kneeling on the ground, having wretched until his stomach was empty, a hardened soldier who had countered something so vile that even he was shaken. He'd left to become an ardent the next day. The rift, Delinar whispered, Rathalas. And so All right. we're like, we're like, that seems important. Emily. Megan. I think it's time to come clean to the audience. Why? What have we... That you didn't actually keep a notebook during Words of Radiance. No, I'm not. <laughs> I did. We, we would notes about writing things down. I really would like you to get pick up a notebook right now. I don't have one. No, I do. I do. That's a lie. Hold on. I have my story maker's notebook. No, I don't. Okay, I'm back. What am I writing down? Welcome back. I would like you to write down the rift. The rift. There. Written. Great. Emily, what happened at the rift? Uh, we are kind of not brushed off, but it's, it's, it's Brandon placing clues. Because Kadesh is like, hey, we don't have to, we don't have to, like, focus on sad things today. Uh, but, uh. Just so you know, 
uh, I'm worried about you, you know. Yep. Hey, uh, Dalinar has some thoughts about Honor, the Almighty, mm-hmm. who is dead. Yep. Can you uh, talk to me about some of the things he says to Kadesh that makes Kadesh like, buddy, do not talk about this to anyone else ever. Do you understand? Yeah. Uh, because he is basically like, hey, if God is dead, he was never God. That's, I mean, that's been Dalinar's thing from the beginning. It is not that God has died. It is that the Almighty was never God. He did his best to guide us, but he was an imposter. Or perhaps only an agent, a being not unlike a spren. He had the power of a god, but not the pedigree. Brandon, you have upped your game, sir. There are so many amazing lines in this chapter, this these readings, like... Like, there's something about, like, this felt wrong, like a baby being born without a face. Like, oh my gosh! Well done, sir! Well, uh, that's enough with Dalinar and Navani, Wait. who are now going to do it, because it's their wedding night. Okay. And Dalinar gets to lose his Dalinar B card. remembered how this goes. <laughs> Uh, there's a picture, and it is a picture of Alethkar and how everything is kind of, like, uh, divvied up by the princedoms. Uh, and there, the map shows us where Hearthstone is. Um, and we, uh, we're, we're led to understand is that Kaladin has used up as much Stormlight as he had to get to Hearthstone in time before the Everstorm, but he's too late. He's had to like, he's like, I did like a thousand miles in like a day. And I, he's ha- he's only been able to travel like 90 miles in the last three. Like, anyways, uh, before we get into all that, I should read the epigraph. Here we go. You should. <laughs> I can point to the moment when I decided for certain this record had to be written. I hung between realms seen into Shadesmar, the realm of Spren and beyond. From Oathbringer preface. That's exactly what Yasna did, Megan. That is exactly what Yasna can do. Okay, yeah. is th- this is Yasna writing it. Do you think I will just answer <laughs> your question? Just say, I do have been right. I have been right about oracle, so many things, and you, you just make me on think purpose? that I no, am crazy because you just keep trying to talk I me out of this. Slip up and just tell you a big thing on accident, <laughs> and it's not gonna be this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <sighs> Where is Yasna? They don't know she's alive yet. I know. I think, I wonder if Navani would have waited if she'd known that Yasna was alive to get married. I think so. Mm -hmm. Hey, buck up. Maybe Yasna will die for real before she gets there and no one will have to. She's going to show up with wit and wit's going to be all smug about it. And they're like, guess what? We got secretly married on our road trip. <laughs> Yasna's back, a secret wife. See. Yasna is a secret wife. <laughs> uh, Kaladin is retracing his steps back home and thinking and feeling and fearing. He is he is dreading having to tell his parents about Tien. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is having some interesting discussions with Silfrena. Well, also, I really like how Brandon is drawing out the event where I wanna go home. 
Is that our song for the week? I wanna go home. Do you know what? I'm actually gonna see. You keep talking. I'm gonna look up our song of the week. I, I, this felt very scouring of the Shire to me because uh, Kaladin is trying to get home as fast as possible. And he's close enough that he knows he's like two hours out. Um, but he can't physically go any faster. He's just limited by his, you know, mortal coil. And he's recognizing things. Like, I don't know how many of you have ever taken like a really, really long road trip. And there's always a point where you're just like, oh, we're close enough that I know like this trip is coming to an end, whether it's a landmark or, you know, a place you always stop. But he's like pointing out places and there are some places that are just gone. The storm has completely taken over and ruined things. I mean, some stuff is still standing, but there's just this proof of destruction all around him and that nervousness that dread and I'm just like Brandon don't do this to us don't have Kaladin have had to go through all of this stuff the death of his brother being in the bridge crew all of this stuff please don't take his family away from him and I was really worried that he was going to show up and either like one parent was going to be alive and just be like oh you know I'm so sorry you just missed them they died two days ago you know Brandon's writing this, not me. Because instead, Kaladin has an extra family member. I love it so much. I love it so much. I loved it so much. Brandon, you have my, my, my loyalty forever. I love this so much. I choked up. I oh, choked yeah. up when Kaladin first met Oridan. Mm-hmm. Hello, little bueno. I cried when our oldest niece was born. And it was just, like, such a weird thing where, like, we were in the hospital and it had just been our family, like, our immediate family for as long as I could remember. Plus my brother-in-law that my sister married. Shout out. And when our oldest niece was born, I just, like, had this sort of revelation that, like, oh my gosh, life goes on and experiences continue down the generations and it's a never-ending chain of love. And I'm just... I had so many emotions. I, I didn't even have the baby. It was not. <laughs> I didn't even put in the effort. I was just like, oh, I'm so happy that our family is is going to be more than just us who we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And now we got five nipplings. Who are the I best. I And the youngest is Oridin's age. I love it. Oh, this is going to be great because we get to see them soon. And I just get to squish him and love him. And I'm so happy to, that they're coming Syl has changed her appearance mm-hmm. into a toad. She has designed a new dress to go home and see Emmy. No, she becomes a toad, Megan. What? She's a toad. Oh, okay. I was talking about the dress. And then she becomes a toad. She can be anything she wants. <laughs> no. Remember in the first book, she looked, no, in the last book, she looked like a horse. I love for it. A little bit. I love it. Hey, if you could have shape shifting powers like that. Like, you know, like Syl powers, Nimona powers. What would you shapeshift into? Okay, this is going to sound really dumb. But I would definitely be Jessica Rabbit for Halloween <laughs> once. <laughs> I like that. Um, a tiger. I've always wanted to be a tiger. Mm-hmm. Or a wolf. I'd like to be taller. <laughs> <laughs> If I don't have to worry about conservation of mass, I'd like to be very tall mm-hmm. for a day. 
like that one really hot giant vampire lady, Lady Demet, Lady Demetriu, Demet, Demet, yep, her, <laughs> Demetriuskiu. I know the name I if I saw heard it. the name. I haven't heard anyone say it. <laughs> I would like to be an elephant. I would like to be large and hulking and be able to knock stuff down very easily. Nice. If you were an elephant, I would also become an elephant, and I'd like to challenge you to an elephant foot race. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the I ears think flapping. That'd be hilarious. I thought you were going to have a trunk. <laughs> Our trunks going behind <laughs> us in the breeze. <laughs> Oh, I'd like to be something that could traverse the ocean safely. I'd like to be a real big whale and just go down there and see what is up down there. Just be an orca and then go trash all the yachts. All the yachts. Yep. So Kaladin Uh, has arrived. It feels like, wait, 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 I want to talk more about Syl's dress. It feels like Syl is growing up. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, she's she's learning more about the world. She's maturing. She was dead for a little bit. (laughs) And... I don't know. It it feels like her and Kaladin are coming into a more serious and more mature version of themselves. And I'm wondering if that's something that's happening to still independently or if that's tied to Kaladin maturing and becoming wiser and maybe even progressing in his oaths. I also kind of got the feeling because the last time we were kind of like in Hearthstone, one of the flashbacks we got was Laurel coming out with her like her official if I remember correctly, like her official dress and her safe hand was like covered, like she'd graduated from like the glove to like the actual dress. And that also is, you know, like her growing up and that sort of thing. So I think that fits really well. So Kaladin is in so many feelings, just drowning in feelings. Mm-hmm. And one floats to the surface, starring everyone's favorite Bridgman, Moash. <laughs> I am so sick of Moash. And <laughs> I'm so mad they're friends. I'm sick of this man. I don't okay. like him. Good. You don't have to. He's mine. Okay. Back the hell off. <laughs> okay. Just every time he comes up, I'm just like, people keep expecting me to love him. And listen. That's not true. It's like when, okay, the Mandalorian. I uh-huh. was just busy when it came out, and so I didn't get to experience it before I got a bunch of spoilers sort of a thing. Um, and so, like, everyone lost their minds over Baby Yoda, absolutely lost their minds. And it got to the point where, like, the obsession became annoying. The obsession that people had became annoying to the point that I'm just like... the. The first time I watched it and Baby Yoda came on screen, I rolled my eyes. I'm like, this is what we're all so excited about. And I can't stand it. Um, I'm a Emily. monster. No, you're not. A mo- I want to let you know, no one is expecting you to love Moash. Everyone's expecting you to hate Moash. I'm the freak for liking <laughs> him. You get that, right? Now I do. I did it before. <laughs> I felt bad. I'm like... Am I supposed to fall in love with this idiot? No. Everyone, literally everyone in the world hates his guts except for me. And Stormlight-Archives on Tumblr who does Cal Moash ship art. That's not me. I'm I'm the power of friendshipping these two. Okay, here we go. I did a poll on the Discord back in September. Okay. 
Uh, this is an informal poll with, uh, looks like 11 results. And I said, okay, informal. Do you hate Moash? Vote knife. Like Moash? Vote party hat. Like reading, but hate the character? Smiley, sweaty, drop. So we have five people like reading him, but hate the character. That's Ranks. Scorpio, Skeptical Mario, Jackie, and Eve. And then who likes reading him but... Okay, who likes him? Ted likes him. And Toku likes him. Ted! And who hates him? Kiwi Rogue, Bullrog, and Louis. Louie. They hate him. Just hate him. Uh, Skeptical Mario says, as a character, he's great, but as a person, I hate him. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, okay, I don't hate hate him. He's a fascinating character. I love the richness and the depth that he has brought to Kaladin's backstory. But it feels like he is just trying to be a bigger character than he really is. Bullrog says, I don't want Moash to be redeemed because F him. That said, if anyone can pull it off, it's Mr. Sanderson but 1,000% would be disappointed to see him pull a Gurgi. Mm. That's movie Gurgi. Movie Gurgi. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... Uh, it's not like every time he comes on screen, I'm I'm just skip it because I'm like, he adds interesting things to the plot. But yep. it just... I, I'm trying to think of, like, how to put it into words, but, like... He feels like someone who's always trying to muscle in to share the spotlight. Like, Kaladin has the spotlight, and Moash is always there being like, Look at me! Look at me! I can do it too! Are you saying that? What am I saying? We have two characters with similar... Basically, Moash wants what Kaladin has. No, Moash has it now. He has a shard blade. And plate. Does he have the spotlight? And light eyes. He will once people figure out it was him. He's going to be wanted for attempted... Um, I love that you pointed this out. Kaladin and Moash now both have shard weapons and light eyes. Um, but I don't want to read about Moash these foils. Because it was... What? I don't want to read about these foils. <laughs> Too f- <laughs> What the book's about? <laughs> okay. That's what does Moash it, live until book four, Megan? You know how I said that in this beginning reading, we're laying down some themes and through lines. Uh-huh. I'm gonna read you a through line right here. <laughs> Moash, Kaladin thought as he trudged up the hill towards the manor, shivering in the chill and the darkness. He'd have to face his friend's betrayal and the near assassination of Elokar. At some point. For now, he yeah, had see, at more this point, Moash is trying to muscle in on the spotlight of Kaladin's family reunion, and Kaladin can't get him out of his head when he should be focusing. No, he on, can't. He should be. Can't stop thinking about him, even now. <laughs> he should be focusing on what he's. Maybe he's trying to distract himself. Maybe that is. It's his coping mechanism, is like, I'll think yeah, about something yeah, stupid like, that you know, will distract me. I'm trying to think about when I march into the center of town. Punch the mayor in the face and say, that was for my very best and dearest, most trusted friend, Moash. 
Wait, I had a, I had a thing. I, I I had a thing I want to talk about. Okay, book one, bridge four. They're on an even ground, right? Mm-hmm. And Kaladin decides to fight for bridge four, and Moash decides to resist it. But eventually, Moash receives the friendship and the camaraderie that Kaladin is spreading to bridge four, and that brings them up to the same level again. Mm-hmm. But Moash only has it because Kaladin, ma- like, Kaladin made him view it. Kaladin dragged him into mm-hmm. it. Um, made him get up early. By, Such a jerk. Yeah. Uh, Moash and Kaladin, they, they share all of, not all of, there's a big storyline in book two about how they share a common enemy. The same light eyes ruined both of their lives. Mm-hmm. And Moash is like, yes? I love we'll get to this but like the way that it was set up in book two it almost felt like hey you're never going to get justice for this and i i'm so glad that brandon didn't leave us hanging on that because kaladin just now got the real justice got the real vengeance he punched rashon in the face for moash Um, and then realized what a juvenile thing that was to do whatever i (laughs) I'm not done. I'm I apologize. On a diatribe, I'm so, so sorry. Keep going. Listen, I interrupt you all the time. It's fine. <laughs> I just want you to know, strap in. I've got stuff to talk about. Moa, sorry. Kaladin does the most incredible and most heroic thing publicly that could possibly be done and wins oodles of shards for Adolin and... Even though Moash was repeatedly in the honor guard, as was Kaladin, once again, Kaladin pulls ahead of Moash, but he gifts him shard plate, he gifts him a shard blade, and then at the end of the book, through his own good and clean living, Kaladin (laughs) earns a shard blade, and both of them are now light eyes. So they are technically equals, but Kaladin has given Moash everything that moash has his freedom his status and kaladin didn't even kill him when he could have moash ran away kaladin gave moash his own life and now kaladin's got the real vengeance that moash wanted not like revenge but like justice and it turns out that because of kaladin like getting sent to the army Rashon actually feels bad and guilty about Kaladin more than he ever felt about Moash's grandparents. So Kaladin even has Rashon's regrets that Moash wanted. And this is why these two characters are foils, is they are going on the same journey, but Kaladin is learning and growing at each benchmark, and Moash is just kind of copying. It's like, yeah, Kaladin's giving him cheat codes. Mm. And it's like how uh, Renarin knew how to be delicate in his shard blade because he learned and studied and practiced. But Moash didn't know his own strength because he just got the achievement without putting in the work to do it. So it'll be interesting to see how these two lads continue to grow on their stories. What more can Kaladin give Moash that he'll be an ungrateful bastard about? <laughs> we'll find out. Well, I was also thinking, um, like, yeah, because Kaladin has beat him to everything. Because at one yeah. point in the chapter, Kaladin lets his, like, full radiantness out. And 
anyone that comes after that and does the same thing is not going to be met with the same awe and reverence that Kaladin has because Kaladin was the first to do it. And I just imagine like if Moash came by a month later and expected to like cow everyone to cower before him because I am radiant, they'll be like, been there, done that. You know, and yeah. (laughs) Yep. It's just... We don't have time to talk about Moash. Really fast. Mr. Sanderson. You've just done such a good job on this. Like this book, we're only 70 pages into it. And already I love it more than anything. And now, and Emily, my thing before we get off this topic, Mm -hmm. you do not have to like Moash. I'm not gonna. Great. I think people hate him an inordinate amount compared to how other characters have acted and behaved. Mm -hmm. It's like people love Kaladin so much that they're like, Moash's betrayal is literally worse than Taravangian ordered 8 million serfs to be drained of their blood and killed. No. Obviously, Moash is the worst person in the book. (laughs) Yeah, it's... Yeah, I'm trying to, like... I'm trying to find a, a sliding scale because, like... I'm annoyed by Moash. I'm not upset with Moash. I'm annoyed. I'm just like, how could you give up Kaladin? Well, not even that. It's just like, I'm I'm annoyed that he allowed other people to sway him from what he knew he should have done. Uh, yeah. I'm just annoyed with him. I, I don't hate him. I'm just annoyed with him. Well, but you, what, you want to know what else is annoying? What's annoying? Uh, Kaladin shows up and is immediately suspected of being a deserter and is hauled into the manor to be brought before the Bright Lord to be, I'm assuming, tried and summarily executed. So you mean they suspect him of being a deserter because he has written on his forehead, I am a deserter (laughs) and very dangerous? (laughs) That might have had something to do with it. Kaladin's super duper radiant. Why does he still have his forehead scars? Oh, I don't know. We we haven't quite figured that out. But we learned something. And I'm interested to know if this is the same thing with Moash. But if Cal doesn't summon Syl as a shard blade, it only takes a... I can't remember if it's a few days or a few hours. But his eyes go dark again. And so he has shown up in this ill-fitting uniform with the dangerous shash brands on his head. And I love... not open dead inside. <laughs> I loved the... I love people getting their comeuppance. That's one of my favorite mm-hmm. things. And this is what this chapter was all about. Because it's set up for people to severely um, underestimate Kaladin, you know, Shows up looking like a deserter, you know, has the brands, has a history. No one recognizes him. Like, that's the thing. Nobody recognizes him. His uniform's super scruffy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And maybe he's got a beard. But he had... Can Kaladin grow a beard? Or is he... Yeah. I mean, according to fan art, he looks like Jesus. Okay. (laughs) I'm not allowed to look at fan art. I'll get you some. Okay. No, because it's going to ruin how I picture him, and then it's going to throw me off even harder. Do you don't want to see him holding Oridin? Yes, I do. Send it to me right now. But I just, I just love, I just love the irony that's being set up. Is like, 
this guy is here to save you from the desolations and people are treating him like garbage. And I love that his dad knew who he was. Like he didn't have to be like, dad, it's me. It's just like Liren looks up and he's like, my son. And like, he's so happy. And he's like screaming for his wife to get in there. Like he's back. My son is back. My son who was dead is alive again. Mm-hmm. Oh, your picture just came through. Hold on. Okay. Um, and then this is not a scene from the books. Uh, no. uh, this is not a scene from the books, but Marie is like, hey, Kaladin deserves some sweet brother time with him and Oridin. So again, this is this is not book this is not a scene, so it's not a spoiler. It's just, what if Kaladin and Orden get to spend more time together? <laughs> I really love it. Oh, like, Kaladin just wants to love people. Let Kaladin love people. Like Moash. No! <laughs> Absolutely not. Go to jail. I, babe, I'm already there. <laughs> I've been locked in horny jail for 11 years. <laughs> But, like, Kaladin's kind of going along with this guard that's trying to take him. And finally, it just gets to the point where he's like, why am I doing this? And he is his cool self again and just, like, sidesteps everything and then goes and sees his dad. And it's so good. Oh, this chapter gave me so many feelings. So many feelings. It was wonderful. It was absolutely perfect. It was wonderful. All right, I'm going to send you, Marie drew, like, a bunch of sketches of this chapter. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to send you those now. Listen, Marie's Kaladin is canon Kaladin, okay? Marie should be, listen, Marie should be art lead for any Cosmere adaptation. Live action, animated, whatever. Put Marie in charge. She's got vision. Like, he just got to be soft. Like, just this moment of softness. Because you think, like fantasy you're thinking like dragons flying on the back of dragons in the middle of battles like you know honor glory all of this stuff but like it's this moment where Kaladin's back in a place that he's missed among the people that he's missed and like he just gets to sit there and be with them and to a baby a baby Ugh, I'm just scrolling through Marie's Tumblr, which you are still forbidden to access, by the way. And her art is so good. She, okay, Marie's Oathbringer art is some of the best anything. And it's not just the, the Sanderlands. She's got all kinds, all kinds of Oathbringer art in here. Ugh. <laughs> I wish you would catch up. <laughs> I I am doing my best, girl. I'm just in love with these chapters. Like, I told Megan after we finished reading them, these have been my favorite. Like, okay, the moment in The Way of Kings on the plateau where Kaladin comes in and saves everybody and then, like, makes the leap across the chasm, like, cannot beat those. But these are my favorites. Just, like, that moment of, like, there are still good things in the world. Like, 
I didn't even know this was something I wanted. I didn't even know this was something I could have. Like, after Tien was gone, like, he didn't have a brother anymore. And not that not that Oradon is going to replace Tien, yeah. but to have the opportunity to put that love that Kaladin has somewhere and to, like, oh, I just love it so much. Ooh. It's great, right? Here's the thing. I want people to read this series for the plateau fight and for these specific chapters, but you have to get through over 2,500 pages to get there. Maybe we should make a TV <laughs> show. <laughs> uh. But yeah, people are like, uh. he's sitting there eating food, you know, just just kind of soaking it all in and... And you know everyone's like, we need to, we need to take him to the Bright Lord. He's dangerous. And you know, Kaladin's just like, I couldn't be happier. Like he's just, you know, off topic. Marie drew Magnus archives, <gasps> and I can't share it with Dilly yet because it's got a season four Melanie spoiler in it. Well, it's Melanie. She was really nice. It's a shame. She was really nice. <laughs> Not to John though. Melanie was never nice to John. <laughs> His parents are just suddenly making plans for him, like, like making plans on how to get him to stay. They're like, we will buy your slave price. We will do anything. We were going to you're going to be here forever and we're going to be a family again and it's going to be great. And and Kaladin doesn't quite have the heart to tell them that, like, that's not going to happen. Like, I I like that he kind of lets them have just a moment of, like, living their dream almost, you know. And here's the thing, when he meets his, his mom and dad again together, he tells them that it's my fault I let Tien, it's my fault I let Tien die. And it's like he's confessing something to them. Like he's, it's something that he has carried with him for years at this point. And he's confessing one of the hardest things I think that he would have to ever confess in his life. Okay, so I'm waiting for the confession when he tells Shalon or when Shalon finds out that he killed her brother. But I feel like those scenes are going to like either be very similar, you know, something like that. But they're just like, we got your letter. Like they think he died too because they were told he died. But they were like, we got your letter. Like, it it wasn't your fault. Like, obviously it wasn't his fault. But just like, this is something that Kaladin needed. This is something that like, he wouldn't have been able to, I think, function around his parents if he didn't tell them this. He's on the ground crying. Yep. Syl ends up being like, oh, I love your parents. They're just like, I remember them. Like, she's being... Kaladin's like, what? Yeah, yeah. And he says, remember them, Kaladin whispered. Still, you never knew me when I lived here. That's true, she said. But she then says, like, everything is connected. Kaladin, everything. I didn't know you then, but the winds did, and I am of the wind. And he says, your, your honor spread. And she says, the winds are of honor, she said, laughing as if he'd said something ridiculous. We are kindred blood. I love that. Uh... Did you mention why Kaladin, why this chapter is called Four Lifetimes? No, I didn't. Can I talk? You about talk about it? it. It was beautiful. I loved it. Go for it. What a surreal sensation being back here, being treated like he was still the boy who had left for war five years ago. 
Three men bearing their son's name had lived and died in that time. The soldier who'd been forged in Amaram's army, the slave so bitter and angry. His parents had never met Captain Kaladin, bodyguard to the most powerful man in Roshar. And then, then there was this next man, the man he was becoming, a man who owned the skies and spoke ancient oaths. Five years had passed and four lifetimes. So he doesn't feel like who he was in Words of Radiance. Yeah. Uh, Which is great because your characters are supposed to change and grow and... Yeah. Mr. Sanderson, I can't get over how good this is. Like, help. His his dad is like, listen, we will buy your slave mm-hmm. price. We will get you out of this. We will fix your problem, son. You're back home now. You're our kid again. And and there's there's a lot of sadness to this of like her his parents want to make up for lost time, but he's a super magical magic magic boy now. <laughs> and it turns out he's gotten freakishly tall while he's gone. <laughs> Everyone in town seems short to him. We do find out that his mom is taller than his dad by several fingers. But anyway, Rashon's here and Kaladin thinks some snooty thoughts about his outfit <laughs> and what Adolin would think of that. I love that he thought of Adolin in this moment. Like, you can tell he's making connections and he's really, like, has a, I say a social circle, but he has a support group outside of this. And I just loved it. I thought that was a great, a great yeah. little, uh, you know, piece of And this means he listens when Adolin talks about fashion. <laughs> Which means he paid attention. <laughs> and then Rashon is like, Storms boy, what did you do? Hit a light eyes? Yes, Kaladin said. Then punch I was like, yes! Like, it's not, it's justice in a way. Like, like, okay, when we watch TV shows, and I always get so mad when they, like, shoot the bad guy at the end. And I'm like, no, they need to stand trial for what they've done or whatever. But, like, oh, I just love Kaladin being able to, like, do this thing that it just is, like, so satisfying. And and Kaladin, he's like, I've never punched anyone as perfectly as this Yeah, before. he's going on about his form and everything and, like, how Rashon just, like, falls like a tree. And he goes, that was for my friend Moet. Like, like the coolest dude in school. Like, he skated up on his skateboard and was like, hey. And then Rashawn's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> All right. A uh, Watcher at the Rim. Chapter 7. I did not die. I experienced something worse. From Oathbringer Preface. Yasna. That's, yeah, that's more evidence for your Yasna she's, theory. She's... She's back. I was right. How dare you try and sway me from this? I'm not swaying. I I just said, there you go. That's more <laughs> evidence for your theory. Why are you so obstinate and mean to me? <laughs> I'm gonna start using. I'm gonna start using the Elokar voice for you. <laughs> oh yeah, I asked her to use it when when we talked about this, and she goes, she goes, no, I've retired that, which I think is. The worst decision I, you could have made, but I told you in the last book that Elokar is changing. Elokar has earned a little bit more respect, and I'm retiring the Elokar voice, except for special Elokar occasions. Okay, I'm looking forward to those. 
But everyone is just like, what have you done? Oh my gosh, because like a dark eyes cannot do this. Like, it's so funny because like he says earlier, like my parents don't know who Captain Kaladin is. And like later, like he's on a first name basis with Elokar and like Navani is like writing to him on a first name basis as well. So like people don't know this, but they're they're so stuck in this. I say stuck. This is the life that they know is light eyes versus dark eyes. Um, and everyone's freaking out and like running to like, you know, take Kaladin down or whatever. And then Kaladin is just like, well, I'm a little embarrassed I did that. Can we just forget that that happened? Like, he just, like, smooth talks his way out of it. And, like, his presence even. Like, the guards even take a step back. And they're like, yeah, we can forget that happened. But, like, Kaladin starts giving orders. Like, because he's here, one, to see if they have any uh, void bringers there. Because there's just been so much destruction. But, like, no one seems like mangled to the point like they've been ripped apart by a void bringer or anything like that and so he's just like where are they and he has stuff he needs to do and so he starts like commandeering the place and even Kaladin's dad is like you can't just order these people around like because I mean still they think he's a deserter they think all these things and then Kaladin's just like hey I gave you an order I am not fond of repeating myself And what, Rashon said, makes you think you can order anyone around, boy. This is my favorite part of any story when someone's just like, for all of these reasons that you didn't know were coming. Like, it's so satisfying. And like, not only that, but he feels his eyes change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, Emily. Yes, Megan. So when I was uh, in line for... You know, it doesn't matter. When I was standing around waiting in line uh, for Rise of the Resistance, I just feel bad that I'm lording it over you that I go to Disneyland all the time. I've got to go four more times before September in order to coop back the cost of my annual pass. Done. Easy. And there's only eight weeks left, so I got to do it. (laughs) I've been bringing little post-it notes and I've been drawing storyboard thumbs on just post-it notes and, like, keeping them in a, in a sketchbook. And I'm finding it a lot easier to develop scenes and sketches that mm-hmm. way. And obviously I've been doing a bunch of Magnus Archive stuff, but I've also started doing Zeth stuff while I'm sitting in lines. And I've come up with a great and horrible idea for when someone gets their head chopped by a shard blade. Would you like to hear it? think i do but okay okay well listeners if i ever finish this you'll see it but i'm i was very proud so you of can myself. tell me is it it's different than their eyes burning out so it is their eyes burning out but first the flesh melts from their light. bones no <laughs> i'm keeping to what's in the book but first i was thinking it'd be cool if they go light-eyed for just a second but then it gets brighter and brighter, and that's when that's what the vitreous fluid starts to steam and smoke. Oh, yeah, that is a very that's cool. That's a very right? cool visual. Yes, I just gotta draw it. That's all. That's all. It's only. I mean, honestly, Michael, how it's one storyboard sequence. How many drawings could it take? You guys, it's gonna take over thirteen hundred drawings. That's so many. That's so many. But you have it in you. But I just gotta start. You and your tourist sunburn. Hey, that's just the weird lighting from my computer. It's very faded. 
Make fun of me. I bought you ears <laughs> as a did. present. She did. She was taking pictures. She always does this. She takes pictures of all the merchandise. And then I usually tell her like, oh, I like this. Grab this. And then I'll Venmo her, you know, back. Uh, she sent me pictures of, of the new, some new mini ears. And they have like a, like a double purple bow on it. This really light, light, beautiful purple. And the ears have like this white flower and then lavender. And I was just like, dot, dot, dot. I love Dem. And she goes, dot, 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 do you want Dem? <laughs> I am so happy that you like this book. I do. I love it. I love it. I love because, it. Because, you know, each of the books feels quite different from each mm-hmm. other, which I think you've even noticed between Way of Kings and Words of Radiance. And it's, it's because this series... There's a lot of thought put into the feeling and situation. Like, they're not stuck in some sort of endless repetitive cycle. Mm -hmm. We've got our different adventures. And I like it. Usually it's really disappointing when you read a series and you're just like, oh, this book feels different than the other ones. Oh, this book also. Like, like, that's when it feels like. And you're just like, oh, it doesn't feel consistent. But because Brandon Sanderson does such a good job at letting his characters make mistakes and change and grow as people you can put them in these new and different circumstances and it's entertaining because you're not quite sure how they're going to react each time but when they do react you're like oh of course that's how they would react like brandon sanderson does characterization so well love it someone has seen the void bringers they emily oh go ahead sorry real fast when the storm hit hearthstone what did the Voidbringers do? They just left. They didn't attack anybody. They just left. What's up? What What did the Voidbringers want? We don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I wonder if it's because, like, maybe they were taken by surprise and they didn't know what was going on. And they're going to find their leader, like the queen bee hive mind thing. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but part of the issue with this storm is that... It destroyed a huge cache of their food. And so not only do they have to try and feed these people on way less food, but any refugees that come in is going to take away from the, you know, from from their supplies. And and Kaladin just goes, oh, I'll tell Elokar. Like, not King Elokar, or I'll tell the king, or I'll talk to, you know. Anyways, it's just like, I'll tell Elokar. And I just, I love how nonchalant he is because to him it's just oh that's elokar like like he has changed so much he okay you guys know the whole like hero's journey and like by the end of it like they don't belong where they had their adventure but they don't belong back home either i've always hated that because it still feels like cal is home and he's welcome and you know, it's it doesn't feel like he can never go home. It doesn't feel like he can never go back. Like you can never go back. <laughs> you can never go completely back, but you can go back. Does that make sense? Like you can still experience. You can it. go back to a place, but you can't always go back to a feeling or a time. Yeah. But he still has that feeling of like this is my home. And I just like that. I just like that he didn't, I think it would have been so disappointing had he showed up and just been like, oh, I don't fit in here anymore. And then just left. Like, it's just like, no, he has this connection to the place. He has this connection to the people. And I 
think that's also helped along because Brandon has reminded us of all the people that he loves. He constantly is thinking about them. He's they're constantly like in the forefront of his mind. And so it doesn't feel weird that it's just all of a sudden, oh, we're supposed to like these people that we don't know anything about. I guessed it. I guessed what happened. Megan asked me a couple questions about this chapter. Uh-huh. I guess that Laurel married Rashon. I guessed it. And I was just, because Kaladin's like, I'll rescue you, blah, 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 blah. Like, how can you stand being married to him? I love Laurel. She's amazing. She's just like, how dare you talk about my husband like that? Like, <laughs> like, amazing. Yep. She's sticking up. She's, oh, my man, I love him so. He'll, He'll never, never know. know. Oh, my life just despair, but I don't care. When he takes me in his arms, the world becomes all right. What's the difference if I... Okay, that's not the song of the week. I don't know why I'm so sad. I that. love that movie. I love that movie. It's so sad. I love it. I do not. <laughs> um, but it's so interesting because I feel... Because... We got all these, all this backstory from Cal about how he felt growing up and the way that his family was treated by Rashon and how horrible. And and he's talking to Laurel about it. Like, how can you stand by this person? And Laurel's just like, how can you stand by your father who, like, talked about my husband behind his back and turned the people against him? And I'm so interested to see the schism in thinking between, like, these two people. Because... Kaladin's like, her perspective was skewed, of course. Liren had tried to befriend Roshan at first, hadn't he? Still, Kaladin found little passion to continue the argument. Like, I'm excited to get more into this towards the end. But uh, he he's like, I really need to talk to, you know, I really need to send a report back to Dalinar. You find out that they have some stormlight. And he's like, oh, this is great. And <laughs> Liren is a judgy McJudger face. <laughs> I was so disappointed by him. Not like, not like I'm disappointed in Moash, but like Lyran. Because he's like, oh, like he's not disappointed, disappointed, but he's just like, you know, I really thought that you would become a surgeon. And Kellen is like, I didn't have much choice, did I? And he's talking about, you know, what you've become, Liren continued, is a killer. You solve problems with the fist and the sword. I, you know, and, uh, and he's like, Kaladin's just like, well, you know, I can't stay long. And Liren's like, oh, you're going to go kill more people, aren't you? Like, buddy. That's not. No, it's not. Like at all. Yeah. And, oh, again, the whole like hero coming home sort of a thing. We're getting a little bit of that, that just kind of dipping our toe into it enough that it's not like putting me off completely, but just like Liren does not understand all that Kaladin has experienced, like the horrors of the bridge, the, you know, what he's had to go through and understand who, who he is and, and like his depression and things like that. And Liren's just like, but my plan was perfect. You should have followed my plan. Uh, but he realizes that they have Stormlight. So Laurel, Laurel starts, you know, writing. And it's Navani 
that starts writing back Novani and Dalinar and Kaladin's able to not give them a code word, but this happened between, uh, I think it was Delinar and Yasna, uh, where they would have a code word about like, oh, I can't speak freely. I'm with people or whatever. And Kaladin's able, even in like this time, he's able to prove to Dalinar, hey, it's still me. And like, Kaladin has like proven he's a radiant. Kaladin has punched or shown in the face. Kaladin has done all this stuff. And he just keeps pulling these surprises out of his pocket where he's just like, oh yeah, I talked to the queen. No big deal. So you cannot make everyone in the world happy with your choices. Right. There's too many variations. There are too many uh, different, different moral opinions that something that you feel is honest and just and good, someone else may see as, you know, too extravagant or something like a part of your personality that's very important to you. Someone else may see as, you know, undesirable or disgusting. So, like, you cannot make everyone in the world happy or agree with you. And I think Kaladin is starting to bump heads with his dad over what is the right thing to mm-hmm. do. Because Liren gave Cal an ultimatum that haunted him through the first book. Can you protect by killing? And Kaladin's like, I don't have another choice. Mm-hmm. And so when his dad is like, oh, you're going to go kill some more? Why can't you be a healer like me? When Liren is not preventing harm that comes to people, Liren can only help people after they are harmed. Mm-hmm. He cannot do anything preventative. Now, the central question of the book that you and I have gone back and forth a bunch is when is it right to mm-hmm. kill? Is it ever right to kill? And Murder is wrong. <laughs> right now, Kaladin's like, what else is there? It's their void bringers, Dad. It's not a face. <laughs> but Kaladin talking with Syl after this conversation with his dad finds out some interesting things about literally every inanimate object he's touched in his mm-hmm. life. And it turns out this whole world is Toy Story. <laughs> Kaladin's fought with Lady Spears before. I like to imagine the knife that took out Helleran was a girl. <laughs> I like that. Because everything has a spren. We learned that from Kaladin's mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did already teach them that. Oh, he's got another brother. He has another brother. And okay, I love this. Again, Brandon Sanderson, you're making me so angry. This is so beautiful. A brother, Kaladin whispered. It had never occurred to him. A brother. Kaladin reached out. His mother let him take the little boy, hold him in hands that seemed too rough to be touching such soft skin. Kaladin trembled, then pulled the child tight against him. Memories of this place had not broken him, and seeing his parents had not overwhelmed him, but this? He could not stop the tears. He felt like a fool. It wasn't as if this changed anything. Bridge four were his brothers now, as close to him as any blood relative. And yet he wept. Like... Ah, oh, Kaladin, there's room in your heart for everyone. Is there? That's a lot of people. Maybe he could kick one person Mo-ash. out. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to think, 
you know what? I'm coalescing a thought here. We know Kaladin loves protecting mm-hmm. people. And he wants to save Moash from himself. Uh-huh. And with this interesting bit of insight we just got right here, saving Moash is an opportunity to save a brother when he lost Tien <gasps> before. Oh, that's so good, Megan. And that even when the people you love do horrible things, like constantly interrupt you on a podcast, <laughs> you still love them and you still want a podcast for them. And sometimes they go to Disneyland without All you. All the time. But th- it's because they're trying to really study the web slinger. <laughs> okay. You know, just totally master Study it. the art of web slinging. Okay. Yeah. My arms <laughs> hurt so bad today, though. Because it's it's just... You guys know when the Flash runs in that, in that WB TV show and his arms just are doing this? I was basically just sitting... Just moving my arms like the Flash for an hour. For two miles. <laughs> but we're coming up to the end of this chapter. And Kaladin basically has to confirm to everyone, yes, this is a desolation. They are back. They have returned. And everyone's just like, oh, no. Like, how could you guys not know that? Come on. I mean, come on. And so then... Kaladin pulls, like, the angel, you know, like, some angel move where, like, he's glowing and he's hovering above the floor. And he's like, don't worry, I'll protect you. <laughs> they fly now? <laughs> so it was, it, just, the imagery of this was beautiful. The emotion of this was wonderful. Like, we're getting closure on things and opening new storylines. And just, it's just... There's so much to pull together, and Brandon, you are doing it. Because the first book, we started with five different beginnings, and then it was a slow ramp into it. And the second book was kind of just a recovery from the first Mm -hmm. book with, you know, Sadius's big betrayal, and everyone's in their new positions, and where do we go from Mm -hmm. here? And then this book is like, okay, we've got a plan. We've got, like, we have our what we want to accomplish from the beginning. Like, we already know what we want to accomplish. We want to stop the Voidbringers. People are already putting plans into effect. And we've got some time. And let's let's marry off Dalinar and Navani. Let's get Kaladin back with his family. Yeah. Hooray! The important stuff. Dalinar is in his 40s. Mm-hmm. So is Navani. Mm-hmm. They're around the same age. So is Kaladin's mom. That is exactly <laughs> where I'm going with this. Is Kaladin's mom Dalinar's wife? That's not <laughs> where I'm going with this. I'm saying. <laughs> oh, Dalinar's wife was blonde. We know that. Maybe Hasina has been dyeing her hair Kaladin's whole life. That doesn't seem likely. There's other magic on Roshar than Spren magic. There is. <laughs> Do you know what, Emily? I'll just give it to you. Hasina is a shapeshifter, and she's Dalinar's secret wife. Shut up, shut up. That's all I wanted. Now Kaladin has two more brothers. <laughs> Never mind. Forget about it. <laughs> sorry. No, I'm so sorry. Hey, who's the herald in okay. front of Oaths? Hold on. I gotta go back. 
Uh, is this one Eshire, the bald dude? Yeah. Two of them. Two bald dudes. Two of them. Do you remember which Radiant Order he's in charge of? No. I'm assuming Bondsmith. Bon- <laughs> yeah. This is a very Dalinar. And who's our Bondsmith? Dalinar. There should be two more somewhere. There's got to be two more mm-hmm. somewhere. And Dalinar is... Oh, sorry. And Bondsmiths are about oaths. They're about bonds. So the oaths... Listen... The book is called Oathbringer. Is this, this chapter is called Oath. Dalinar is, is, this, is the Oath. Is Oathbringer written by Ishar? I am not gonna f- <laughs> tell you. Two F bombs in one episode. Let's make it more. Stop <laughs> asking me. You asked me first. Who do you think wrote Oathbringer? I'm, I've given you several guesses. Don't stop guessing. I want you to give me statements, okay? I don't want you to be like, sister, let me turn the question around on you. Who do you think would be the one? When I ask you a question, I'm looking for a statement because I can't confirm things for you. I look, the Elokar voice is back. I'm so happy. The M-O-Car voice. All right. Well. Who? 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 Nalen. Why is Nalen in the... No. Yeah, he's hooded. Helmet. That's a oh. helmet. Je- oh, no. Stop. Stop. Yezrian. No. Oh, Yezrian has the crown. <laughs> yep. A helmet! <laughs> Emily, what profession wears helmet? A soldier. Uh-huh. Help. I'll give you another okay. hint. This herald is the head of the of the stone wardens. That doesn't help me. Uh, he's known as old stone sinew. That doesn't help me. He's so dependable, and he could go for thousands of years and still be dependable. Talenalat. Yes. <laughs> Talenalat is a soldier. And I think Kaladin's thoughts about the war and about the army, and that's why I think Talon is double-heading up this chapter. <laughs> Thank you for being so patient with me. All right. Chapter six. Four lifetimes. Batar. Uh-huh. And Talenalat. And? <gasps> Yezrian and Shalash. Yeah. Oh, four lifetimes. Four different people. Oh, amazing. Batar is a healer mm-hmm. who Kaladin's father expected him mm-hmm. to be. Telenolat is a soldier who he was in Amaram's army. Uh, Chichenera. That's not Shalash. That's Chichenera. Oh, sorry. She is the patron of the Dustbringers. Okay. And she typically represents uh, protectiveness. Okay. That can't be it. Being brave and obedient, which I think is uh, him as Captain Kaladin. And then Yezrian is the lead of the... Heralds. And he was the patron of the... Radiance. What order of Radiance was Yezrian in charge of? Mouth it better. (laughs) Windrunners. (laughs) It's all right. It's been so long since we recorded. 
Uh, thank you to all our listeners who are very patient with me. I appreciate all of you very much. All right, watcher at the rim. Whomst is the herald? Yezrian for all of them. And what order of knights radiance is Yezrian in charge of the Windrunners? Good job. Thank you. did it. Well, what a fun reading. What's um, a fun reading? I want to have a sweet song for this week. Okay. And we are going to do, and listen, Emily, I think you might have a bit of a giggle over this because it's the song that I've been obsessed with this month. And it's And I Love You So by Don McLean. And it's about kind of like Kaladin's loneliness and his fear about coming home and the new love that he finds there in his new little bueno. Little bueno. Like, little bueno. I'm going to cut in just a quick second. Um, my writer's group is amazing and I love them and they always have such good insight. And I was in one of my earliest drafts of my book, uh, my protagonist uh, just, you know, kept getting kicked while he was down and everything was awful and at the end I had this reunion with someone that he'd been waiting to be reunited with for like the entire book and I was just like oh it'd be so great if like it went terribly and like all this stuff and at the writers group they were just like that was awful to read like it was well written but like it just he never got a break from anything it was just always bad 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 and they were like teaching me the value of like having soft moments that it doesn't detract from your your main character, even if they're like very macho or whatever. And I just like that this happened in book that Kaladin just got soft moments. That is so lovely. I'm going to read some of the lyrics of this song. Okay. Uh, Life began again the day you took my hand. And yes... I know how lonely life can be. The shadows follow me and the night won't set me free. But I don't let the evening get me down now that you're around me. So that's our song of the week. I love it. Well, next week's reading. We're going to start with chapter eight, A Powerful Lie. Ooh. Uh, would you like to guess who's the... I'm going to guess it's Shalon. Do you know what? I'm going to tell you you're right. Yes! Because you know what? We have not seen Shalon yet this book. No. and we, I wonder how she's doing after the end of book two. She's been in scenes, but she hasn't said anything. Yeah. All right. Chapter nine, The Threads of a Screw. Chapter ten, Distractions. And chapter 11, The Rift. <gasps> a relationship rift or like a literal rift? I want you to open up the <laughs> notebook. <laughs> what is the only thing you wrote in your notebook this week? <laughs>
and the whole point of your quest is here. <laughs> oh, you're so patient with me. I appreciate you. I'm going to actually go make dinner. It's almost nine. I haven't actually done anything about dinner yet. So that's what I'm going to go do. Listen, I appreciate you and I believe in you. I believe in you too. I'll catch you with you later. Ready? Ready. Break. <laughs> How did you forget? How did you forget? Oh, God.